Thank you so much for joining us today. I am a father. Mm -hmm. You guys are fathers, but today's topic is about our Heavenly Father, yes? It is about our Heavenly Father and who He really is. I don't know how it was like for you in high school, but you, you'd wait and start the next year, and if somebody had talked about you before you got to class that day, people had an opinion of you before they ever met you, and especially if they were trying to slander you. God is kind of like the, the king of getting smeared by the, by the world uh -huh. and history, and it's so bad because all his heart is for us is love, but mankind throughout history has done nothing but attack him. So. We want to actually share with you guys the true nature of God. We are taking clips from our past episodes that we show from the Bearded Bible Brothers yeah. on our online platform and showing them for the first time on television. Mm -hmm. So right now, we're going to one of those clips where we talk about the true nature of the Father. I love you, Fiji. Hi everyone, my name's Joshua and that's my brother reading. Why are you reading? I always read. Like the Bible, but why are you reading recreationally? What is oh, this? this is a tale two cities by Charlie Dickinson. Charlie. I had, I had to read Charlie. this in, in high school, a sophomore in high school. There's, there's a lot of guys named Jacques in here. Anywho, I didn't understand a word back then. I had to use the cliff notes to understand. But once I read those cliff notes, I was like, whoa, this is an amazing story. Biblical allegory here. Mm, it's pretty cool. You know, guys, one of the problems we have in life of looking at God as our father is that we've had a lot of questionable fathers in life. Not everybody's had an amazing father whose focus was to cultivate and to grow you into the best person God designed you to be, who mm -hmm. took care of you and provided for you so that you didn't have to make these questions in your life. And so when you just blanket and say, God is a father, that, that brings a lot of mixed emotions to different people based on the experiences they've had. That's why we want to take you to the Bible to be your cliff notes, for example, to help you understand the goodness, the love, the uh, compassion of our Heavenly Father because that's what he wants for you guys. That's right. Old Testament, we had this perception that God was a little different, mm -hmm. right? That he was angry and smiting and doing all this different Throwing stuff. Throwing lightning bolts, Beep, yeah. Beep, yeah, you see that throughout different uh, mythologies and, and from Zeus, you know, throwing down lightning. See that with Baal Hadad, with Jupiter. But that's not who God really is. It's not. Is. And in Matthew, actually, we clear some things up here. In chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, mm -hmm. it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Mm -hmm. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Mm -hmm. Or what man is there among you, who if his son asks for bread, he'll give him a stone. Mm. Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's amazing. If that you ever give somebody a serpent when they ask for something <laughs> else, you are not a nice person. Luckily, God's never going to do that to you. And I know that's kind of a hard concept, even with that scripture, for people to understand, because back then, children were valued more. People wanted to have more and more children. It was an airship. It was a carrying on of legacy, uh, of, of passing down property. And today, people are more selfish. They don't want to have kids. They want to do their own thing. But we see that God calls us to be His children. It is an airship. It's a, it's a thing of royalty. And in this scripture, Romans 8, 15 through 17, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God the Father and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. That's amazing. It is amazing. I don't know what an airship is. He'll explain that later, I'm sure. But he's also a provider. And this oh. is one of my favorite scripture verses. 
I know most everyone has heard it, but Matthew mm -hmm. 6, 26 says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, mm -hmm. nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Mm. Guys, sure. if he's taking care of birds, and flowers have way cooler clothes than you're wearing, how much more is he going to be like, this is my son and daughter, I'm going to take care of that. We so often mm. are focused in asking our father for the things that he's already committed to providing as a father. Yeah. We don't even delve into mm. the true relationship of a father, son, a father, and daughter because we're just sitting there asking for the same things he's already given us already. Yeah, and he does it because of love. God is love. We see that numerous scriptures, 1 John 4, 8, John 3, 16, Romans 5, 8, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, all these scriptures explain the unconditional love of a father, something that you did not have to earn. He just gave it freely. He gave his son freely. And that's why uh, we know that he loves us. We know that Psalms 145.8 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. He's not waiting for you to mess up so that's he can right. bonk you on the head. <laughs> Hebrews 12.6 says, The Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. A father's job is to correct you. That's right. We've kind of gotten this mentality today that I'm your dad, I'm your best friend. Let's go uh, do really lethargious thing, and then lethargious, nefarious. That's two words together. Let's do bad things together. This is what I get for trying to do big words. Yeah, they, um, the we think they're supposed to be, your to best be friend. a friend, yeah. but a father's job is to instruct and correct. That's right. That's the reason why kids push boundaries because they want to find where the walls are. No matter what you say out loud, you want to know there's a definitive wall because somebody cares about you. That's, That's what your right. father's job is. The father is also meant to be the spiritual authority in the house to lead you to Messiah, to teach you how to follow after the Lord. Uh, he's that example. I know some of you may have not seen that in your families today, but you can look at your Heavenly Father. You can look how Jesus sought the Heavenly Father's advice, how He always prayed, how He always went to the mountain, to the quiet place to do that. That's our example of what we should do. God is for you. He is not against you. Mm -hmm. Every one of you who has a story that's unfortunate from your father, it's time to break the cycle. Yeah. Instead of you living out the abuse that you went through mm -hmm. and that his father went through and before, and instead of transferring that to the generation below you, let's draw a line in the sand. Let's go, I may not understand it. I don't yeah. know what this is, but I'm going to believe it because God's promised it on his word. Let's ask the father today to cultivate a different view. And in fact, mm -hmm. it's not in my notes, but I'm going to pray for everybody right now because I think this is very important. So dear Heavenly Father, we just pray for everyone in the sound of my voice that whatever their view of a father is, however mm -hmm. broken, however abandoned they may feel, that you would change that view today, mm -hmm. that you would give them that spirit of adoption that you've promised in mm -hmm. your word, that you would bind up the brokenhearted and the expectation of everyone listening would transfer from being abandoned and abused and left and forgotten to being believed in, mm -hmm. to being supported, to having a plan for their life, to being provided for, that all of those things you promised in your word are the expectation of us, mm -hmm. not out of trying to get something from you, but because mm -hmm. we know that you love us and you have a plan for us and that's your purpose, dear Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. So I just take authority over all the lies of the enemy, mm -hmm. all the confusion, the rejection, the things that have kept us in bondage and everyone in bondage mm -hmm. that's listening. And I pray for a new day today to form in their lives that they now move in the plan that their Father has for them to grow to be the men and women of mm -hmm. God that He designed before the foundations of this earth. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Dad's really nice. I've got to say, I love what you said to us, Joshua, earlier that our Heavenly Father loves us and He wants the best for us in our lives. He That's does. what this is all about. It is, and Satan has created a fantastic smear campaign of the Father. <laughs> Uh, throughout history, we, we've just talked about all the times that the man has looked at God with the perception in his eye, he's out to get me. I will, I will mm -hmm. say, Old Testament, he's kind of rough. There's some rough stuff. 
I'm really thankful for that second testament when that comes yeah. in. And a lot of people will say that, but keep in mind that he gave people hundreds of years at different points in the Old Testament to repent. That's true. And so when he finally did make a call, it was after he had given them time and time and time again to make that choice. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, that leads us to our next subject topic is what... What is God's perception of us? Are we these whiny little brats that are always annoying him? We want this, we help me, heal me, yes, and all this. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes we may think of that as ourselves, but God has a different perception of who we are. He holds a high intrinsic value on our lives. And, and I'll give you a hint. He gave his own son to save us. That's how much he loves us. So let's go to God's intrinsic value. Hey, everybody, I'm Joshua. And I'm Caleb. And we're brothers. We're brothers. Totally we're brothers. We were actually nervous for a second because you always questioned it. I had to look. Oh, yeah, that's him. I know him. You know, many of you in our audience may be homeowners, and you may have purchased your home for a specific price, but with the market value that's constantly fluctuating and changing, that price can go up and down. Well, you may have uh, placed new fixtures into your home and, and bought furniture and all this stuff, and it has a different intrinsic value to you than the market value based upon supply and demand. Now, life today is kind of set up in a weird way hmm. because the world somewhat judges us at a market value idea. That's true. Everybody kind of looks at each other and says, okay, this is the position I have at my job. Mm -hmm. This is the assets I have in my bank account. Yeah. This is how my exterior facade looks. Yeah. And based on these different things, we find a market value in our life that isn't accurate to what God looks at our lives in. That's when true. God looks at man's life, he looks at it with an intrinsic value of saying from the beginning to the end, everything put together, this is how I see wow. your value. Not caught up in the exact moment you find yourself in where it may be at a place of disarray or not having arrived yet, but he looks at the end. That's right, that reminds me of Luke 15. The Pharisees were complaining that Jesus surrounded himself with tax collectors and, and, and these dirty people that society would deem of low market value. And Jesus told three parables, the parable of the lost sheep, of the lost coin, and the prodigal son. You know these stories, the parable of the lost sheep. The shepherd, who is the father, has a hundred sheep. One gets loose, he leaves the 99 and goes to search for that one lost sheep. He finds that sheep, celebrates, throws a party, what was lost is now found. Lost coin, the woman has 10 silver coins, she loses one. She searches nonstop until she finds that coin, tells her neighbors they celebrate what was lost is now found. Parable of the prodigal son. There's two sons, and one son wants his father's inheritance before he's even dead. He goes out, takes that inheritance, spends it frivolously, comes back destitute. But the father accepts him with loving arms. Uh, that shows us how God places intrinsic value upon our lives. That intrinsic value is his desire for a relationship with us. It is his desire for us, and that's why in these stories that Jesus shared, mm -hmm. uh, the importance and value of seeking that person out. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't say it enough how it's programmed into our heads and hearts that when we go through life that we run across somebody. How many times have you seen somebody who's homeless on the side of the road and your brain goes, are they really homeless? Mm -hmm. Are they this and that? Oh, I can't have them around this. I don't like this person for this. We, we immediately devalue mm -hmm. each other based off of what we're seeing and not knowing who they truly are. And in addition, mm -hmm. we as people accept that lower value of ourselves mm -hmm. because of others too. Mm -hmm. So it's not even just that we're forecasting that on somebody else. It's that we hear this or we feel this based on these pressures and we allow that. And yet in verse 10, it says, Likewise I say to you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who mm -hmm. repents. We serve a father who is dedicated and focused to seeking out that one individual. That's Not right. all of us that have this really high looking market value yeah. or because we have 
arrived at our destination. When the Father looks at you, yeah. it's not about your today, it's not about your yesterday, mm -hmm. it's in the summation of who He created you to be. Mm -hmm. What an amazing thing that is. Now, on the other side of the coin, at the end of the parable of the prodigal son, the good son, the son who obeyed the Father, He looks at the Father lavishing this love on the lost son, and He thinks that the Father's playing favorites. And we see, we look at God sometimes and we think God is uh, showing more affection to another person. He gave this person more gifts. He looks prettier than I do or more handsome. And we think God is being disproportionate in his love because we look at things quantitatively. And this parable of, in Matthew 20, parable of the workers in the vineyards expresses when the father who is the landowner searches out and he hires uh, workers in the vineyard to harvest his grapes and he agrees to pay them a denarius for an entire day's work. As they're working throughout the day, hour by hour, he finds more workers that are stagnant and idle and that they have nothing to do. He hires them all to come work in the field. At the end of the day, he pays every single man a denarius, the same rate of pay. The same rate. And people got angry, they grumbled. And the landowner says, don't I have a right to do what I want with my own money? Are you being envious because I am generous? That shows us that God has the same worth value He places on all of us. And we look at things, well, I've been working harder for God, I've been doing this, but He values us all the same. We're all working as one in the body of Christ, but we're looking at things quantitatively. It's not an excuse, guys, to be lazy and sit in your butt and say, God loves me just as much if I do nothing. But at the same time, it's not an excuse for you to have that wrong idea that I can earn my way into anything. And that's the point of the Father the entire time. You can't earn anything. Sorry to tell you this, your value is completely wrapped up in the fact that I created you, That's right. that I love you, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. It has nothing to do with the application of your works. What you do and don't do should be a reflection of His love for you. That's right. And that's the entire point. So don't look at man's market value and what society deems as how important you are, how beautiful you are, how popular. Uh, are you good at sports? Are you really athletic? Look at God's intrinsic value on your life. and. Trust in Him and be thankful. Get off your diet today. Put away your apps with all the calorie counters like I will. Go eat pie. Eat all the pie. Pumpkin pie. Eat all the animals on the table that someone's prepared for you. And enjoy your time with your family. We know we will. Help spread the word by getting your own Bearded Bible Brother t-shirt, either for yourself or as a gift for someone you love. Decide what size you want and call us at 1-800-WONDERS or go to levitt.com store. There's nothing I love more than scripture. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. This is the Old Testament God you're hearing. That Father who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's that father of a prodigal son. And I know everybody's heard that story. and We get familiar with it. And it, it doesn't have that, that potency that we, first time we heard it. But he hasn't changed. That Old Testament father was finding any way possible through sacrifices and offerings to draw us to him. I love the combo of loving kindness. Loving kindness. Sometimes we're taught Loving means I have to be harsh and disciplined. Yeah. But I love what you said, loving kindness is like the nice part of the love. Yes. Do you I mean there's kindness 100%. associated with it? I like that. Mm. So it's, it's important um, that we do come to him like a little child when he asks us to. I think for our perception alone, when we grow up and we, we like Caleb was saying, we, we forget 
the potency of those parables, right? It just becomes a ritual for us. But mm. for a little kid, everything they take in is brand new. Oh my goodness, that's so amazing. I, when my kids were little, I loved seeing how they would react to things that they were seeing for the first time that we take for granted every day. Mm. God has good things for you, but we live in a world where the enemy wants to stop that. Change perception, bring harm to your life. So we are about to talk about uh, God not being your enemy how he does not have bad things from you. If bad things happen, they only come from the enemy. Only good can come from the Father. Hey everybody, I'm Joshua. And I'm Caleb. Brothers. We are. And today we're not going to reveal some great theological mystery or, or do uh, some outlandish stunt like some... Uh, oh. Aha! It's toasted good. Ow! Toast. Ow! It's burnt. Ow! Ow. Oh, thank you. I'll, hopefully we won't need that today. Josh! Oh, it's the other way. Hold on. There we go. Now that we've burned down half the building. These are delicious. When you toast them, it... Go on. Today, we just want to tell you a short, sweet message. God is not your enemy. Duh. God's your enemy. Okay, some of y'all deep down inside may have gotten bitter or, or resentful when you pray for something and then God doesn't answer you immediately or you're, you're hit with some tough times. And, and you need to know God is not your enemy, that he is for you, not against you, that he desires to see you triumph over your foes and turn your mourning into dancing and, and fill you full of joy. I don't know why y'all aren't dancing in the morning. Maybe uh, y'all are different than us. Yeah. But there's a message going around that, mm. that God wants you to be impoverished, that he wants you to be no. beat down, no. that he wants you, know, you to basically hit yourself in a book whenever a Gregorian monk chants. You don't want to do that. that, that that's not helpful. The thing is, how is God glorified okay. if his people are suffering? If they're weakened and downtrodden, if they mm -hmm. can't pay their bills, if they're in bad mm -hmm. health. When we read the Bible and God says that he is a God of this, this, okay. this, this, and all these amazing things, yet if his people are broke down, beat down, okay. and just living in the dregs, how does that glorify God? It, sometimes people use that as an excuse when, when the bad things happen and they don't want to take responsibility for it. It has to be God's fault. Um, sometimes uh, when we're waiting for God to fulfill a promise, uh, we, we kind of take control. We're like, we're going to help God along because we don't want him to look bad. And we become like Abraham and we kind of nudge along. God, I'm going to help you fulfill your promise, you know? And, and when you do, you end up with a bunch of Ishmaels. Another problem, wow, a bunch of Ishmaels. Sorry, that'd be a crazy <laughs> thing. I didn't even think about that. But another issue is we get yeah. too focused on the promise and not yeah. focused on him. Hmm. And that's one of the things that happens out of desperation. We get in this state hmm. where we're so focused on when are you going to do this? And when are you going to do this? Yeah. And our shift becomes on what he has promised to give to us instead of just being on him as our father. That's true. Um, and we have to learn to surrender, guys. We have to learn to trust God with our dreams and believe that he loves us and he has our best interests at heart. Um, I have a personal story for this. Uh, it, very personal. Um, God has given me so many amazing promises throughout my lifetime, and um, He had given me this particular promise about who my wife was going to be, who I was going to marry. I had these, these signs, these pointers to find her. Um, I knew she wasn't going to come from America. She was going to come from across the Atlantic, the specific continent I knew she was going to come from. I knew I was going to marry young. I knew how smart and brilliant she was and how compassionate. And um, Man, after waiting for God to fulfill this promise, I started getting, you know, pessimistic and just negative. And at the ripe old age of 16, yeah, when you're 16 years old, you feel like every day takes forever. I'm ready to give up. That's it, you know. Um, 
Josh, you and I, Vin, we were at uh, Times Square, the year 2000. In the year 2000. Y2K, guys, we were, we were crammed with millions of people. And two days later, we went to Times Square Church. And uh, David Wilkerson's church, if you know him, he's a street evangelist, helped start uh, that, uh, the story of crossing the switchblade. You've heard that? Yes. He helped start Teen Challenge. And uh, he was given a prophecy that morning. Mm. And the presence of God was there. I can't even remember the words of his prophecy, but I was, I was just overwhelmed with the presence of God. And God started to show areas of my life that I hadn't completely surrendered to him. And I'm like, okay, you know what, God? I give up. I surrender everything to you. All my hopes, all my dreams, uh, I repent. I ask you forgive me uh, for, for all these focuses in my life that were not of you. And I'm going to trust you. Even if these dreams are never fulfilled, I'm just going to spend time with you and you're going to be my joy. And, and two weeks later, I literally met my future wife. Now, I didn't know it was her. I wasn't even looking for a girl now. Even with all those context clues. Even, even with though all she the didn't speak clues. English and was from that side of the Atlantic and, and clearly never been to America. And she kept coming across my path, coming across my life. Like, man, what's wrong with this girl? And finally one day, God tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, look at that girl. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you recognize her? I start looking like, oh, snap. Well done, sir. <laughs> well done. So guys, whether or not you're 16 and been living those 16 whole treacherous years alone by yourself and thinking that God has dropped the ball, or maybe you're in your 40s like me, and it just now happened, yes. it doesn't matter. The That's point right. of it is that God loves you, That's right. that He wants to fulfill His promises mm. to you, but He requires that you give them to Him. That's right. Give that permission over. So mm. what we'd like to do right now is read the word over you because His yes. promises are very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And in Romans 8, 28 through verse 39, it says, That's And we name. know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, then He also called. Whom He called, these He also justified. And whom He justified, these He also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, or the Atlantic Ocean? Mm. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves right. us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. He loves us. His promises are very clear. There is no room to misinterpret this, and if you That's are, right. it's the enemy speaking to you. Do not listen. Yes. If you believe he didn't love you, then why did he give you that ability to open a pistachio? It's already halfway there. <laughs> he just wants you to do your part and trust him and get the inside goodness. Join us next time, guys. We love you. And God loves you too. Don't play with fire or blow torches or try to toast your own pistachios and your fingertips into a bad little Our Jewish Roots is more than just a television program. See what you are missing on our social media outlets.
On Facebook and Twitter, you'll find our daily Name of God devotional, current news articles, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. On our YouTube channel, you'll find faith foundations, music, interviews, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. Or find everything on our website, levitt.com. We invite you to keep in touch and join us on social media. I would like to thank the two of you for bringing up the topic in what you just taught, that how is God and God's love glorified hmm. if we're walking around beaten down? Yeah. And I think there's such a, um, a mentality out there that woe is me. I mean, we talk about old hymns, such a worm as I, yeah. I am not <laughs> worthy. You know, there's two different mindsets, yeah. either we're so low or who we are in Christ, and God, yeah. is, God wants to be glorified in our lives. If yes. we're walking around defeated, how does that glorify Him? Exactly. He, he wants us to be conquerors and overcomers. He wants us to walk in the authority of His Son, Yeshua, and do His miracles and His wonders. And we get, we think we're beaten down when God corrects us. No, He's trying to protect us, just as we're parents and we don't want our children running out in the middle of the street in the middle of traffic. He's trying to herd us back into the fold like sheep, you know, and, and make sure that the enemy doesn't have a place to destroy us. That's right. We were made in his image. That's I mean, right. come on, that's huge. With the beards and all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, no... Lord, that I don't have one, but anyway. That's right. <laughs> it's, um, it's his love that we've been talking about because the most important thing to know about his character is his love for you. A lot of us on earth don't understand what love means when they hear that word truly in respect to the Father. Some of you didn't have a father. Some of you had fathers who didn't actually show love to you, but showed abuse and pain and disdain and other things. It's so important that we understand that characteristic of love because it's a free gift. You don't have to earn that love. You don't have to be better at anything for Him to love you more. And in all the broken areas of your life and the things that have happened to you before on this planet and the things that you've endured, those weren't the Father that did it. It was the enemy that did that. And the Father wants to come in and wrap His arms around you and love you and restore you and heal you. And I just wanted to pray over you right now. In the name of Yeshua, I just pray that everyone in the sound of my voice, all the broken areas of their heart, all the wrongs that have happened to them, that your loving arms would restore them right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, that you would heal up the broken places, that you restore their heart as a child, and that they would look at you and at life with that childlike wonder again and with the hope for a positive future and today. Guys, thank you for your teaching today. Yeah. Um, it's almost time to go, but I, I got to mention your shirt one more time. There's a you way like that it. will show you folks at the end of our program how you can get one of these. That's right. The Bearded Bible Brothers t-shirt. Right, and it's great. pound sign, Bearded hashtag, Bible Brothers. Hashtag, right? yeah. <laughs> hashtag, it's a great witnessing tool, honestly is. That's it right. Is. So as we always say, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Help spread the word by getting your own Bearded Bible Brother t-shirt either for yourself or as a gift for someone you love. Decide what size you want and call us at 1-800-WONDERS or go to levitt.com slash store. Join us right now on our social media sites for exclusive content. Visit our website, levitt.com, for tour information, broadcast schedule, free monthly newsletter, and online store. Call us anytime at 1-800-WONDERS and ask about this week's resource. Our Jewish Roots is a presentation of Zola Levitt Ministries. Partner with us. As a 100% viewer-funded ministry, 
Your gifts allow us to bring you our weekly television series, social media outlets, website, and other ministry endeavors. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.